Ladies and gentlemen, you know what that sound means. It means it's episode 206 of the Personal Arrogance Podcast, brought to you by the Bald Move Network. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Eric Walquist, and joining me this week, as he does each and every week, is the other host of the show. His name is... I am Jesse. Preseason football is still NFL football. Wilson. <laughs> See, I, you're so excited for preseason football, dude, but you're not even getting into fantasy this year. Uh... I don't need to be. Hmm. See, I'm. Like, I can still get excited about the game. Is the cool thing about football now is that they actually they'll film it and, and broadcast it to your house live, <laughs> yeah. so you can watch it, That's even true. though you're not at the park. That's true. I mean, the day that this uh, that this podcast is released, Seahawks Broncos. Yeah, tonight the rematch of the third string. The rematch of the G string. Oh, or the can third, third string get vengeance on our third string? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, Pete Carroll's like, yeah, I'm not playing any starters. Uh, yeah, it should be really fun. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm like, we we put out the call for the uh, Arrogant Move Fantasy Football League this week, so we are have a full squad, uh, 18 teams. So I really can't expand it anymore. I know that there were some people who didn't who didn't uh, jump on it quite in time. It filled up super fast, uh, but we're ready for another rip roar and ride. Uh, uh, around uh, the fantasy football. I'm in the league. Aaron's in the league. Rocky Mountain correspondent Levi's in the league. And the rest of y'all are listeners. And uh, it's going to be a wild ride. So I'm excited about that. And I've been mock drafting like crazy. I've, I've done like eight mock drafts in the last three days. I'm so excited. Yeah. Trying to get my strat down. Mm-hmm. So um, should we just <laughs> breach the topic straight up? I, I have a story, but I just want to say I mm-hmm. my foot is squarely in my mouth. Apparently, Guardians of the Galaxy is fantastic. I was yeah. swearing up and down that it was going to be horrible. I know you were, but I don't really take your advice when it comes to movies. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's probably good. Uh, no, it's fine. It just seemed like such an impossible concept to pull off. I'm actually totally surprised. It did. It seemed weird, and honestly, that's why I liked it initially, because it was weird. And I like weird stuff. I like the weird, I like the idea of a weird thing happening. And we'll, we'll table the, we'll table the discussion until the uh, first topic, because obviously it's got to be our first topic. It's the biggest thing happening in nerd news this week. But, right. uh, but let I, me tell you about it, something, a little other bit of news. Okay. First of all, that may Jesse, have happened to me. First of all, Jesse. Yeah. I have, uh, I baked a bunch of crows into a pie. I love the nursery rhyme. Oh, are you gonna make me eat it? I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you eat some crow. Okay, it's delicious, yeah, I'm, actually. I'm, 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 I'm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, surprisingly, this is where being a cynic pays off, though. <laughs> it's true. Sur- surprisingly uh, delicious. Mm. A lot of white meat yeah. there. Yeah. Anyway, Jesse, what are you doing? Yeah. So, so today, when I was at work, I forgot to bring a lunch. Right. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm just gonna white knuckle it. And get through my day without eating. Wow. And that'll make my dinner extra delicious. Did you eat breakfast? I can't remember. Oof. I'm thinking no. I'm I'm not a breakfast eater, so that would kill me. I've been on a little bit of a cereal kick lately. Mm-hmm. You're- but moving on, uh, I may have eaten Cheerios. <laughs> so so I got to I, I got through my my eight hours of work and still had a bunch of stuff to do. I was like, screw it. I'm going to give in. And eat at the only place where I can walk to and get a uh, piece of garbage lunch for cheap, which is the McDonald's Mickey across D's, the street. Mickey D's, baby. Mickey D's. So I go there. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting in line. 
and this guy <laughs> starts freaking out, and he's like, there have been four cars that have been served in the drive-thru while I've been waiting here, <laughs> and they're outside wasting energy while we're in here, and <laughs> they're being wasteful, and we're getting served, and I'm not getting served, and I want a refund. He, like, made a big scene. So he's, talk got he's talking to the... To the Tell it was did he well the first he the... starts by talking to the other people in line to try and rally right. up some sort of like Hitler's beer hall pooch supports. <laughs> <laughs> that that reference goes over my head, but continue. <laughs> but but the other guy and I just kind of like looked at the <laughs> like the newspaper rack that has one newspaper on it. Mm -hmm. yep. And um so just so then he away. complains and makes a big stink and he's like Everyone else is getting served, and this girl's in the kitchen, like, flicking her hair around, and, like, points wow. out at one of the employees. Wow. Uh, but but then he leaves, right? And I'm up next, so I'm, like, trying to be world's most polite, yeah. like, McDonald's employee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, what can I get you? I'm like, thank you, good sir. I will take one delicious fish fillet, if you don't mind. <laughs> I'm, like, way overcompensating. Yeah. To make up for this other guy who's being a jerk. Did you did you really get a fish fillet? No, I didn't. I oh. got a uh, I got a McChicken. Oh, McChicken small fry, which is my go-to. There you go. And then I ate that, and I felt like trash because my yes. body was like, "Dude, you need nutrients." I'm I'm like, I'll just feed you garbage. Exactly. Instead. Yeah, yeah. You gave him the like just the regular unleaded. You know, <laughs> your body wants the premium, but it can run on the regular unleaded. Mm -hmm. But I. I I have a little bit of a knock developed after that. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's the thing, is your body will rebel against you. Yeah. It will yeah. say, all right, you give me garbage, I give you a bad time. <laughs> yeah. But then I, I came home and I ate, um, I actually cooked a hamburger, ironically. Nice. But I made a good one mm -hmm. with grass-fed beef, and it was delicious. I go. feel great now. So that's how I am. Well, there you go. You know, that now, now, now that marijuana is legal, all chickens are grass-fed as well. That was are, are chickens smoking? They're sm they're hot reefer? box hot box in the chicken coop. <laughs> oh, everybody knows Foster it. Farms. Foster new commercials. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you've seen the Foster Farms commercials with like the yeah, Snoop Lion does the voiceover of the new Foster Farms chicken. <laughs> awesome! It's like Wiz Khalifa. Uh, Wiz Khalifa yeah. and Snoop Lion. Yeah, exactly. Wiz Khalifa and Snoop Lion are the new Foster Farms. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome, actually. Oh, anyway. How are you? I feel like that might be a regional commercial. People may not know what that is. Colorado and Washington. Foster Farms? Is that... I think it's... Re it might be regional. Anyway. It's at least, like, West Coast. Yeah. I, I had a great weekend. I've been working out. Yeah, I've get my, been getting my Pantheon. I've been... I'm in my fifth week. And nice. I'm getting these... So I'm doing, like, 450 calorie workouts. So I get really hungry now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know how hungry I was before, but yeah. now I feel like yeah. I have license. So you could eat a six, one half of a foot long sub in the time it takes <laughs> someone to walk from the counter to the table. Yeah. I we had a work meeting the other week, and we all got uh, like sandwiches ordered. We didn't realize that the sandwich shop when they said a full sandwich, they meant two sandwiches. So I got something called Wait, what. The it was. It, they were like two hoagie sandwiches. So how think, does a how does how does a full sandwich equal two sandwiches? I don't know. The half sandwich was just one sandwich. 
But <laughs> that I, sounds like some sort of weird scheme to get you to buy more. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. But uh, would you like one sandwich or two? Uh, I guess just one. Okay, with us, one sandwich is two sandwiches. <laughs> Um. Okay. Uh. Just give me. It just sounds like w- just one. Then it sounds like a Nathan for so you. Two. It sounds like a Nathan <laughs> for you sketch. Our thing is, when you, our version of one sandwich is two sandwiches. Two sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I get this. I got something called the all meat sandwich, which had like four different kinds of meat on it. The and bread is a is a candied ham. Exactly. So I open it up, and everybody commented on how much food it was because everybody else got like salads, and <laughs> and so I just eat it, and then I like done, and it came in foil. So I like kind of fold up the foil, I put it in the box, <laughs> and then one of my coworkers turns to me, and she goes, "Did you eat that whole thing?" <laughs> yeah. Next time you need to like roll up the foil into a little ball and dunk it into someone's hoodie and be like, deal! I thought, I thought you meant like dunk it in your Pepsi and then just eat that too. Look like a real badass. And uh, then put yourself in the microwave <laughs> and the sparks fly off you. Um, but yes, and then like one of the coworkers was like, did you grow up in a big family? And I was like, nope, I just grew up with a big appetite. Delicious. So anyway, that appetite now is I feel like I have license to uh mm. to fill up so that's like back when i was in college mm-hmm. and i was selling my plasma mm-hmm. every time i would sell my plasma i'd be like i need i need protein immediately <laughs> yeah but I, would, I would spend half the money i made by selling <laughs> plasma on buying meat after i sold plasma and i was like i don't think this is worth it <laughs> plasma for meat i made 10 i made 20 dollars to uh-huh. have a needle in my arm <laughs> attached to a centrifuge for an hour and uh, then i spent half of that on a steak because i'm starving for meat mm-hmm. it was good stuff there you go plasma to meat swords to plowshares that's what i say <laughs> um jesse let's let's get to what the, the bible says <laughs> that's what we all say uh let's get to some listener feedback this week we got a bunch uh starting it off with a brand new uh brand new listener or maybe not brand new listener but brand new caller uh giving us a call for the first time here it is Hey guys, this is Joel from Kansas. Uh, I've been listening for about three months now. Uh, so I, I kind of don't know the, fuck. Alright, well I don't know the origins of, uh, your, your, uh, your catchphrases or, or whatever they're called of get off my back and stay arrogant. Um, that's not really the point of this conversation though. Uh, I'm on a, uh, uh, I've been enjoying a homebrew of vodka and vodka. I know that probably won't go over, over well with, uh, your listeners. Uh, but, but, but I, uh, I'm really enjoying, uh, all the podcasts you guys do. Um, so I just had, uh, one question for you guys. I don't know if you've watched Breaking Bad because it was over by the time I started listening to your podcast. Uh, uh, Breaking Bad, The Wonder Years. What would you guys, uh, would that be interesting at all for you guys to, to see? I know a lot of people would think, uh, maybe Walter White when he was, you know, 12, 13, 14, teenage kid. But, uh, what I would really like to see is Hank as a young kid, you know, just, uh, cause Walter White was probably pretty vanilla, you know studying them and whatnot, while Hank probably had a more interesting childhood. 
and I, and I kind of would be interested to see what his parents would be like. Um, I don't know. Uh, if you guys have any interest in talking about that or, or what directions that kind of a show could go, uh, I'd like to hear about it. And I'm not going to say those things because I don't know what they mean. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. Get off my back, Joel. You got through it, buddy. He got yeah. through it. Does he have a little bit of, like, Gino or Jim Jones accent in there? Maybe a little bit. I mean, Kansas isn't that far away from uh, the the beautiful red state of Indiana. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you know, the Wonder Years, I'm intrigued by the idea of Walter White as a child, but I feel like that's the whole premise of the show is that he was vanilla until he got lung cancer and then breaks bad. Uh, I Joel, I do love Breaking Bad. I, I watched the whole damn thing. It's it's up there, top series of all time for me. Uh, but I think True Blood or True Blood, God, a True Detective <laughs> took its place. It's not fair that HBO has two shows that start with True, and one Don't of them is good. Don't pretend it's one's not True Blood. I know you like Snooki and all those. The rest of the gals on that show. I love the accents. I can tell you that mm-hmm. much. <laughs> authentic Louisiana accents. If you're looking for authentic Louisiana accents, do not look for tr- at True Detective. Look at True Blood. There you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like the idea of Hank. I would actually like an alternate universe where Hank is a football coach and Walter Jr. is like the, the uh, his assistant coach. And it's like a Friday Night Light scenario where they like take the team to the championship. I want an alternate uh, universe where... Hank is played by Hank Hill, mm-hmm. assistant manager Strickland Propane. Mm-hmm. I kind of love that idea. Yeah. Met- hey, hey, meth cooks, I'm going <laughs> to kick your ass. <laughs> Jesse, we found an impression you can do. Ta- we Taste found the it. Me, not the heat. <laughs> we found it, Jesse. We found All it. All right. I'm so excited. Yeah. Uh, what else we got here? Listen, in the in the old mailbag, Spencer. Spencer says. Uh, Spencer says I've been I've been listening to your podcast since I found BallMove.com via the Talking Dead cast, and you guys cracked me up. First, let me say thank you on behalf of all Chiefs fans for the trouncing of the sea that the Seahawks put on the donkeys of the Super Bowl. Ah. Watching that fiasco unfold was truly glorious. It was the best Super Bowl I ever watched. I can tell you that much. Uh, he says, one thing I like about your cast is a passion for beer, and I was wondering if you guys have ever come across and tried any Boulevard Brewing Company beers out there in Seattle. Boulevard is a phenomenal brewing company here in Kansas City that has been expanding their distribution recently. If you haven't had it on the podcast before, I encourage you to go pick up a bottle of the Tank 7 Farmhouse Ale or their Double Wide IPA. I checked out their website, and Seattle has quite a few places to sell Boulevard beers, I've included a link to their bar finder if you're interested. And uh, for those listeners who are interested, it is located at http colon slash slash www.boulevard.com slash beer slash beer dash finder slash. Keep up the good work. Stay arrogant and get off my back. Yeah, I've had Boulevard. It's solid. Yeah, Boulevard is solid. I also And you can get the Tank 7 or Tank 9? Tank 7. I forget. Tank 7. Yeah, you can get that over here in the uh, Wii tiny town of port townsend yeah there you go man i I like that we're really uh we're really digging into american heartland right now i know i i love that about this show for some reason we resonate with the uh 
the the heartland. Yeah, with the with the corn the bread basket, the corn fed uh, strong uh, brawny boys of uh, the the tornado alley. <laughs> what the tornado alley? Did you call them the brawny boys? Brawny boys. Oh, the haymakers. There you go. There you go. That's better. <laughs> I always thought it'd be cool if there was a sports team called the Haymakers who are from like, Haymakers Nebraska. is a great name. Yeah, like the Omaha Haymakers would be like yeah. an awesome name. Yeah. Um. What else we got here? Great got... name for a uh, a hockey team. Great name for a hockey team. Also, great name for a fantasy football team. Uh, we got another uh, voicemail. This one comes to us from the seven five seven. Here it is. Hey, I just called like five minutes ago. It's Michael McBride again. But I just remember the one thing I really, really wanted to say and pitch in my opinion on on the uh, podcast bracket. 131, episode 130, part two, 131, for the win. Every time. Anyway. <laughs> Gotta say I love the other one, but 131, episode 130, part two, episode 131. <laughs> Should win by a landslide. That's all I gotta say. Thank you, Michael. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna go try and go to sleep now. <laughs> Michael's one of those guys who does like, oh Jesus. <laughs> Get off my back. <laughs> night night. Okay, Michael. Michael's one of those guys who doesn't like to hang up first. Uh, he said yeah. that he called before, but the the Google did not put them in the right order. Apparently. Oh. Um. But, yeah, I totally forgot to do the bracket uh, voting, so I'll have to put that up on the Facebook page this week. Here's Michael's first message. Uh, Michael McBride uh, from uh, Virginia. Hey, Michael McBride here. Sorry I haven't sent y'all a message in a while. Just was phone was broken and just been busy lately. All right, guys, but figured since I haven't called in a while, make a make it worth your while and just think and ramble a little bit this time. Um I just recently was looking at the Facebook page, and I just recently liked and saw a, a poster for the movie that I have inspired about the bald mood, about the bald mood family between Jim and Aaron and y'all meeting and so on and so forth. And I just thought about something that was missing from that whole movie page about them. Where's the kind of show girls? And uh, uptown, up, up, uh, yeah, you're all equestrians. Equestrians. Equestrian? I don't know what's about horses. Up uh, and downstairs. Up yours downstairs. I can't talk right now. Uh, half, half asleep, half drunk, um, so on. Uh, but yeah, you know, things, words, stuff. So, uh, but I was, but I was thinking I would just throw that out there. I mean. Maybe that's a sequel. You meet the ball, the the rest of the ball's family. I like that ball's family. Seems like it fits. All right, guys. Just figured I would throw that idea at y'all. All right, now they are getting get off my back. Get off my back, Michael. Get off my back. Uh, I've only met the Bacchio ladies once, uh, and I've, I've met and them I've, none times. And I've never met uh, the 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 great people from the Up Yours Downstairs podcast. So. Mm-hmm. I don't uh, hang out with, like, horse people. Yeah, I know. I mean, mostly, I, I'm not sure why or how a horse podcast fits in to the Bald Move Network, but all I know <laughs> is that it's quality. I'm so. just wondering, it's technically, technically, is a centaur an equestrian? Oh, I think so. I or think yes. are they the definition of an equestrian? I think so. 
Or do- <laughs> I'm just wondering if in the rules of Dungeons and Dragons, if you play a centaur character, can you still ride a horse? <laughs> that's 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 the one. I'm deferring to you, uh, Mr. DM. <laughs> Maybe if you cast a spell of enlargement on the horse, I I don't and got like a custom saddle made. I don't see why not. I don't see why a centaur couldn't ride a horse into battle. I think that centaurs do ride horses, but it's not for battle. Oh, chimichanga. Um, would that be like something? Would that be like um, the centaur version of like a redneck, like uh, kissing cousin sort of thing? Like, did you hear about centaur Steve? He makes out with actual horses. I don't know. I I don't know because I'm. You I mean centaurs? You think they have the horse anatomy? So I don't think it would be that weird for a centaur to have sex with mm. a horse. I see what you mean. I think it would be weirder for a centaur to have sex with a person. <laughs> Pretty that's, sure that's, that's illegal in all true. states. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, no, you've you've convinced me on this. You're right. You're right about that. I didn't think that all the way through. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. <laughs> well, speaking of not thinking everything through, we do have one more voicemail, and this one comes to us from none other than the great Roger Dotsie. We love him, and so do you. Here he is. Hello, Jesse. Hello, Eric. Hope you guys are doing swimmingly well, as I am. I, first of all, wanted to call and thank you guys for the birthday shout-out and dedication a few weeks ago. That was pretty sweet. I have been listening for a while, and it's my first dedication, so I thought that was pretty awesome. A pretty cool, unexpected birthday gift. Um, so thanks for that. Um, meant a lot to me. Secondly, I, I haven't called in a while because I hadn't had anything really to say. I've been enjoying listening, having other people give the feedback, do their thing. Why, why should I waste everybody's time by calling in if I don't have anything excellent to say? Um, and I don't know if this is excellent or not, but I had a little question. I was thinking the other day about how cool it would be to live in Hogwarts, as I want to do from time to time. And I wanted to see if you could live in... Let's say Harry Potter was a movie as well. Let's say if you could live in any cinematic universe. Which one would you choose? And why? I thought this was interesting because many of my favorite movies I would never want to live in that universe because of all the darkness and bodies and blood and aliens and monsters and terrorists and thugs and gangsters and all those wonderful things that happen to populate my favorite movies. So if you could pick any cinematic universe to live in, what would you choose and why? Stay off my back, get arrogant, and be awesome. Bye-bye. Apparently we are we are not arrogant enough because we need to get arrogance. Yeah, we, we need to we've get let arrogant. our arrogance slip. We need to get arrogant before we could stay arrogant. Uh, <laughs> oh, the gauntlet is yeah. the road. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much, Roger. We love you so much, Kentucky Colonel himself. Um, this is an interesting. One. The first thing that comes to mind is Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. But I also feel like Star Wars would not be that bad of a universe to live in. Depending on what planet I kind of don't think I would. For one, Wars is right in the name of the universe. Yeah. 
But it's about uh, galactic war. Not a lot war. of peacetime. It's galactic war. So depending on what planet you're on, it could be gravy. <laughs> I mean, or you could, or you could be a Jawa. There you go. Do I, I mean, like, who in the Star? Like, what? What alien race in Star Wars has it great? It's not Alderaan, for one thing. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. It's not Tatooine. It's not Endor. I mean, I feel like, I, dude, the the Ewoks have it pretty good. Honestly. That's a good point. They were all just kind of partying and eating, you yeah. know, cannibalizing whatever random travelers. How, yeah. Oh, ooh, ooh, here's an interesting point. They already had their eating human game pretty much down by mm-hmm. the time they captured, mm-hmm. you know, Luke and company. Yep. And the the Imperials had been occupying Endor for long enough to build a base there. Yes. How many stormtroopers did those Ewoks eat? That This answers the age-old question, Jesse, of how did the stormtroopers fall to these tiny little teddy bears? <laughs> they have been fighting a guerrilla yeah. war for years. years. They knew all the weaknesses. They know all of the weaknesses in that stormtrooper armor. Mm-hmm. Also, they, like, yeah. the, the stormtrooper armor, I mean, think about it. There, there's spaceships everywhere. You're getting fired on from above. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if an X-wing decides to come strafe a uh, a phalanx of troopers, you want your armor to be able to protect from upward shots. Right. Suddenly, they were fighting a foe that was down below and exactly. can get up and expose those ch- so-called chinks in the armor. Not to mention, dude, they had so many of those traps o- pre-set up. Yeah, exactly. There's by no the, way by, they put all those traps together. Like by right the time Luke the got there, it was nothing but traps. All traps set. The whole forest mm-hmm. is traps at that point. You're totally right. The Ewoks have been ch- chomping down on stormtroopers for years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the, yeah, the trooper high command's like, well, we can clone more. Exactly. They don't care. Basically, it's basic. Get Wiz Khalifa on the phone because yeah. it's like Foster Farms for Ewoks. <laughs> Yeah, like, they don't even care about... That's the whole idea with about clone troopers. Like, they're to- completely 100% expendable. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm with... This actually changes the whole outlook of uh, Return of the Jedi for me. Right. So, I guess the answer is Ewok on Endor. Chomp it down uh, delicious uh, clone <laughs> eat, meat. Eat that, that tender, tender um, yeah. trooper flesh. But, no, I GMS. actually... I can't watch... I've act- I've not seen the entire Harry Potter series. I've not read any of the books, right. but I can't watch the first couple of movies without like spending the entire next day fantasizing about life <laughs> in Hogwarts and what school I would be in, yeah. and like the the classes I would do well in and stuff like that. So I think that Harry Potter would probably be mine. So there's the. Hufflepuff, Gryffindor, Slytherin. What's the other one? Uh, um, Hufflepuff, Slytherin, yeah. Gryffindor, and Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw. I feel like you'd be a Ravenclaw. No, I'm Hufflepuff, man. I'm a big goofball. <sighs> I don't know, man. I feel like you've got a, you've got a tinge of the dark side. But they're good students. Exactly. They're. I'm a bad student. You're not a bad student. You're a. You are a seeker of knowledge. So and, yeah, you, and you're interested but they're in what like you're interested bookish. in. I feel like Raven- Ravenclaw is are seekers of knowledge in in I, what they what they're interested in. I'm a Hufflepuff for sure. I feel like I'm a Hufflepuff too. D- 
do I went that's I had the sorting hat put on my head. And it said Hufflepuff? And it said Hufflepuff. Yeah. Well you Oh, were I went to that with Levi for right? That yeah, wasn't you. Not me, no. I went to the uh the uh Harry Potter museum thing when it came to the uh Seattle Center. Mm-hmm. And they put the sorting hat on my head and it said Hufflepuff. Well there you go. So there you go. I feel like I'm a Hufflepuff as well. Yeah, that's how we would have become friends in high school in Harry Potter. Oh, Fanfic this, please, someone. Can someone please fanfic Jesse Eric <laughs> in Hogwarts Hufflepuff Buddies? Huffle Buddies. <laughs> Huffle Buddies. All right, Jesse, let's get to the show. We got, uh, we're got we going to do a little Tiny Matt roll-off, but actually we don't do those anymore. So <laughs> let's just get to the first topic, which is going to be movies. Do you know what nemesis means? All right, well, we teased it a little bit earlier, but we got to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy here, sir. Everyone's going Everyone's uh, go. Gaga for GOG. Uh, $94 million opening weekend. Set a record uh, with $11 million. $11. Half a plasma transplant on Monday. <laughs> and... This movie was great, dude, and I need I need to, uh, right off the bat, Jesse, I need to know, 1 to 10, how spoiler-heavy are we getting in this review? Uh, well, I don't mind being spoiled. Okay. Um, I'm just thinking for the sake of the listeners. Oh, no, it will tell, so we'll, we'll either it's going to be spoiler-heavy or not, and if it is and, and they don't want to hear it, I'll, you can look at the time code on the description of the podcast episode and jump to the next one. All right, let's go 10 because I'm not going to see this movie. Okay. So uh, this movie is is great for a few reasons. Um, so first of all, I liked it, like I said, I liked it originally because it was weird. I love a talking raccoon. I love a giant tree. I love uh, outer space. I love space bandits. I love all of this stuff. Um, it's the, it's the outskirts of the Marvel universe. It's Marvel dipping its toe into the really, really, really extended universe because they've run out of heroes basically. (laughs) Uh, and so uh, originally when I heard about this, it was the type of thing, like it's right up there with Suicide Squad for me. And Suicide Squad is a DC comic book. It was first released in 1988 and it's about a bunch of villains who team up to go on suicide missions and that the reason why that and I, and by and I bought every issue of the comic book that was printed between 1988 and 1992, uh, and the reason the things that drew me to Suicide Squad drew me to Guardians of the Galaxy uh, initially. I like ensemble casts. I like weird stuff. I like outskirts. It's all good. But then it just kept getting better and better because they just kept adding and adding more and more great people to it. So, you know, you get Chris Pratt as as uh, as uh, Peter Quill, Star-Lord. They got uh, Zoe Saldana, who is the queen of sci-fi fiction. I mean, she's in Avatar. She's in uh, Star Trek. Um, they're just, they're just going to keep painting her different colors until she's yeah, done Yeah, it's because she has color. a futuristic-looking face. She's great. And she's awesome. Like Ashton Kutcher. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I wonder what Ashton Kutcher would have been like as Starlord. I mean, Chris Pratt killed it, but uh, that's interesting. That's an interesting thought. Um, then they put in like you know Vin Diesel and 
and Bradley Cooper is the voices of Groot and Rocket Raccoon. I was, yeah, it's weird that they had a receiver for the Eagles doing a voiceover. Super weird, right? But uh, but I feel like he's going to have a good year this year after Deshaun Jackson left for Washington. Yeah, I um, agree. And I mean, coming off of that Guardians of the Galaxy fame. I know, right? Fan favorite. <laughs> um, and uh, and and then they they you know they they got uh, a, a brand new guy. Oh my god, I, I totally blanked on his name. But they got a WWE guy to play Groot. I mean, not Groot, but Drax. And like that was the one part where I was like, I don't really know if this is going to work for this guy. Because it's a WWE guy. you got to be skeptical. He's never been in a movie before. WWE um, is a movie, though. Yeah, but it's a bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Dave Bautista. So he's a WWE guy. Uh, and the, the interesting thing to me about this, so I'll just say it right off the bat. I have a greater affinity for all of these characters in the Guardians of the Galaxy. I have a greater affinity for each of them than I do for any of the Avengers. Um, and I love Thor. Thor is my favorite Avenger. I mean, Iron Man's cool. Iron Man 1 was a great movie. But I coming out of this movie, like if any of these characters died in the future, I would be more bummed out than any of the Avengers dying in the future. Well, um, here, uh, here's my problem with superhero movies as a whole okay especially the avengers yep none of them are gonna they're all freaking invincible exactly so it's like when loki stabbed thor i was like what does that mean but possibly since the guardians of the galaxy like if you kill off rocket raccoon yeah there's not gonna be a fan uproar you know <laughs> you're not gonna kill your series by killing off one of these kind of oddball characters and yeah. maybe that's what maybe that's what makes it a better movie yeah I guess the stakes are a bit higher so uh, and this is a this is a major spoiler in the movie but Groot basically does sacrifice himself for the group in this movie and then he comes back because they just get a little sapling of him oh but he's he basically it represents they throw him in the wood chipper a yeah, la Fargo exactly yeah I mean they 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 basically make him represent nature as a whole, is like a is almost like an elemental. Wow, they um, took a real stretch with that analogy. Exactly. No, but all of the other characters are definitely mortal. Like they, and I think that's a difference too. I mean, the Avengers are basically immortal. Like nobody's getting through Tony Stark's suit. Uh, nobody's right. killing Thor. Not even Thor. Thor's freaking lightning bolt. Yeah, exactly. Exact Thor. Zaps. Ugh. Anyway, it annoys well, me. It's like suddenly I'm twice as powerful. I'm all double charged because yeah. that's how batteries work. <laughs> well, there's also Avengers. the thing I didn't like it when Thor when Thor hit Captain America's shield and the shield stopped Mjolnir, and I was like, "Come on!" Like it doesn't matter. Like there's a force behind it that the shield doesn't absorb all the energy. Anyway, um. Regardless, I still like the Avengers a lot, so I'm not trying to shit on the Avengers. I'm just saying I have a greater affinity for all these guys in the same way that I have an affinity for other great ensemble casts. Like, you know I love Snatch. Great ensemble movie. Mm. There's no lead-in to the movie. You, you kind of and, and it's a bit of a foreign world, especially for us Americans. It takes <laughs> you a little bit. It takes you about 15 minutes to, to get comfortable, to, to get into the hot tub. You know, you dip your foot in, it's, it seems hot, you just kind of creep in there until you're comfortable. But once you're comfortable, you're in. And, and, and the, the characters keep growing and growing and growing and growing on you until by the end of the movie, you have a lot of affinity for all of the characters. That's exactly how I felt with Guardians of the Galaxy. So I'm going to speak on behalf 
of the people who haven't watched the movie yet, mm-hmm. which is about 10, maybe 6% of the podcast, it seems. Right. Because everyone's seen this movie. Yep. Is Star-Lord a human, like, from Earth? So, yeah, Star-Lord is a human from Earth. So that's the opening scene of the movie is that his mom, he's in the hospital, his mom dies of cancer, mm-hmm. and then he runs out. Is, and- that a, is that the villain? Yeah, the villain is cancer. Uh, they uh, always. Um, the giant but, crab from the dark side of Mars. Exactly. Uh, no, but his mom dies, and then he runs out, and then he's abducted by aliens. Oh, I was wondering how, like, how did he get from A to B? Yeah, so he gets abducted, but he gets abducted because his dad is actually an alien, and there was, like, somebody was, somebody did wanted Dan to Aykroyd write this? Yeah. No, that's actually canon. His dad is an alien in the comic <laughs> books. Um, so, uh, but I just loved all these characters, and that's basically it. And and this goes back to Dave Bautista, WWE guy, most skeptical, most skeptical about this this particular character of Drax. He's going to be a meathead, and they meet him. He's my favorite Guardian of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Because mm-hmm. they did something really amazing with him, and and I don't know if it'll come across uh, over the podcast, but they basically made it so that he could only speak literally, and he only understands literally. Mm-hmm. So, like you know, he and he's and he's also a huge dude who fights and kills people and dismembers people. Um, well, good, I, good writers will be able to make that big meathead character yeah. actually interesting. Yeah, and I I say that because when I when I watched um, Serenity and hadn't mm-hmm. seen any of Firefly or anything, I left that being like Jane is my favorite character, mm-hmm. the big meathead. But like a good writer right. can actually humanize a meathead, you know. And they didn't only just humanize the meathead; they humorized the meathead. Yeah, yeah, same thing job. that Joss Whedon can do. Yeah, and and you know James Gunn is a guy who I was honestly a little skeptical going in, and I actually got to meet James Gunn at uh, at Emerald City Comic Con a few years ago and interview him about his movie Super with him and Rain Wilson. You can actually listen to that in episode twenty six of the Personal Arguments podcast. My interview with them, um, a named episode. Yeah. Uh no that was like one of the first ones I think oh was it I think it might be the Wookiee one I can't remember um oh it, Rain Wilson's name is in the title it's like twenty seven or twenty eight um anyway uh, but I get to interview James Gunn and the thing is like okay we were a tiny podcast at that point and we're still pretty tiny but like we're nobody podcast from Seattle. He was the nicest guy. Rain Wilson was also incredibly nice, but James Gunn was super nice. And when he talked about his movie Super, he was super passionate about it. Like he kept interrupting Rain Wilson during the interview to just like uh, talk about how excited he was about this tiny, tiny little budget movie. And that was the movie he made before he made Guardians of the Galaxy. And wow. I and I really feel like his passion poured in was poured into this movie. And he he was one of the writers on the movie as well. So turning Drax into that guy, I mean. The, there's like a moment where 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 Drax gets sealed with you. Like Rocket Rocket Raccoon uh, reveals to everybody that Drax is Drax's alien race doesn't uh, understand metaphor. They speak literally and they understand literally. And and one of them says, "Oh, and Rocket goes. So what you're saying is going right over his head." And then Drax goes, uh, "Nothing goes over my head. My reflexes are too fast. I would catch it." And, like, that was the moment where I was like, mm-hmm. okay, this is great. And then the rest of the movie, like, plays off of that, that he literally takes everything literally. Um, 
but yeah, just wonderful, wonderful characters, and uh, and it it was a throwback to a lot of like late eighties, early nineties action sci fi movies in a lot of ways. Um, definitely caters to like the thirty crowd, the people who are around thirty, because like practical sets, there was. Everything in this movie that was that people were interacting with was a practical set. There wasn't a lot of green screen, and you could nice. tell, like you know, it looks like a like the sets kind of look like an early '90s sci-fi set in that everything hmm. is practically built. Now you impressive. got me interested. Yeah, practical sets, also practical makeup. There are CGI characters, obviously. Rocket Raccoon's CGI, Groot is CGI, but all of the humanoid aliens are done with practical makeup. Which is also, and the makeup is great. The makeup is intricate. It's interesting. It's stylistic. It's wonderful. Um, so the 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 uh, visual aesthetic of the film is really high. And then on top of that, um, on top of that, you ha- they say shit like four times, which I love because that's a total fucking callback to eighties fun action movies. You could have PG movies in the eighties and they said shit in them and nobody cared. Goonies. Like, yeah, the Goonies, uh, Back to the Future, uh, the Indiana Jones movies. Like, they didn't, you could say shit in a PG movie. And, like, that was fine. And in this movie, they go back to that. They say shit a lot in this movie, and I love it. <laughs> uh, so, so many things I really like about this movie. It, it does, it did take me like 15 to 20 minutes to get into the world because it's so foreign, and you kind of got to start to understand, you know, you got you to get your footing. Um, but once you get your footing, like I said, the affinity for these characters grows and grows and grows. And then there's not only comedy, there's not only action, but there's also a lot of heart attached to each of the characters. And they prove that you don't need to have an origin story for every character in your ensemble movie. Just like a million ensemble movies have done before, they were able to establish these characters, ground them, make you emotionally attached to them, and and take them on an adventure in two hours. So Right, and that's kind of the fun yeah. of watching a movie like this, is being like, kind of connecting the dots and imagining like where that person could have come from. Mm-hmm. And kind of creating your own origin story yeah. in your head. And not giving you all the answers as to where they came from. Right, giving you another some clues. classic Joss Whedon. Yeah, giving you some clues, but not giving you all of the answers. So... Overall, Guardians of the Galaxy, easily my favorite movie of the summer. Um, X-Men Days of Future Past, very high up there, but I just the affinity I have for these characters. I love them. And uh, I want to see it again. <laughs> it's a good movie. It's a good time. And then, you know, there's always an after credit scene in every Marvel movie. And in this Marvel movie, the after credit scene had Howard the Duck in it. Yeah, that's what I heard. But it's pulled off really well, and it's also that's also just kind of a joke on the audience. It's like, you guys stayed here, and so we're going to give you an Easter egg and a weird out-of-left-field thing, just like this movie was weird and out-of-left-field, and hopefully you're completely satisfied. And I was! So, so, Eric. Yeah. Last week we were talking about a potential Deadpool movie. Yeah. And how it would be weird and wacky and self-referential and poking Marvel in the eye. Mm-hmm. Do you think, has watching this changed your opinion on the potentiality of a Deadpool movie at all? I think it, I think that's a great point, Jesse, and I think that it probably does. It probably does. Um, at the same time, it saddens me that Deadpool is owned by Fox and not by Marvel. Um, How does, 
I'm so confused yeah. about how this all happens. Because Deadpool, for some reason, gets rolled up into the X-Men, and the Fox Fox owns the X-Men. They put Deadpool on screen in X-Men Origins Wolverine, and therefore oh, they, they own the character. God, it's so weird. Yeah. It is so weird. Yeah. But it does make me excited for future mashups, because they've already announced a, a sequel to Guardians of the Galaxy coming out in 2018, and... Uh, Disney has to get on this, though. To get on what? Disney has to figure out a way to get Deadpool and to get uh, <laughs> a Spider-Man. Yeah, I don't think they're going to get Spider-Man. I think they have a better shot at Deadpool, or a better shot at They need to the just Fox buy guys. it, though. Yeah. They need to be able to wrap Spider-Man up into the rest of this canon. Well, if you're sitting back at your Sony Picture Studios, you don't have a lot of tentpole characters to build franchises around. That's why you've made five Spider-Man movies in the last decade. Yeah. Ugh. Just give it up. Sell Just it. give it up. I know. Like, Spider-Man and the Avengers would be so cool. Like, Yeah. No, totally. Come on. It's Come on. Come on. <laughs> Uh, and Wolverine in the Avengers. I mean, come on! Oh, come does, on, guys! Wolverine versus Hulk. It does make me very excited about um, future mashups, specifically with like Thor can slide right into Guardians of the Galaxy world. Yeah. Um, well, how do you how do you feel about like in the comic book world? There's multiple universes going on. You know, right, there'll be right. There'll be regular Spider-Man and there'll be Ultimate Spider-Man. They'll be like the Ultimate Universe. How would you feel about them making like the Ultimate Marvel movie universe that's different from the established canon where they can play around with it yeah. and be like, we're going to just do a Hulk versus Iron Man trying to rip each other's heads off. <laughs> or like a Planet Hulk movie that's completely outside of the timeline. Yeah, like, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I could totally go for that. I mean, they're, they're definitely leading up toward... Like, apparently... All of the uh, the stuff in Guardians of the Galaxy is not even leading up to Avengers 2. It's leading up to Avengers 3. So apparently Avengers 3 is going to be like the giant mashup of the Avengers and Guardians and like everything going on. So well, I'm calling it now. Avengers 3 will stink on ice. <laughs> it, can't, it can't work. <laughs> oh, you heard it here first, folks. Um <laughs> But rumor also has it that James Gunn will be directing Avengers three, so we'll see what we'll see how that works out. Um, oh, Joss got knocked, huh? Well, I think Joss is ready to Moving become on. go into the Christopher Nolan executive producer role and just collect his dollars, sit at his piano. Um, so anyway, <laughs> go sub. go see Guardians of the Galaxy. It's fucking great. That's my that's my verdict. See, the thing is. We got that Expendables 3. <laughs> That's kind of what I want to go see, and I'm not even kidding. That's fine, dude. That's fine. It's first Expendables rated PG-13. Just saying. Oh, what? Yep. All right, I'm out. Uh, so let's move on to our second topic. Our second topic this week is going to be games. Here we go. All right, Jesse, this topic comes to us from none other than Rocky Mountain correspondent Je uh, Levi uh, Jetty. Um, <laughs> he Jetty wrote, Jetty. Jetty J. He, he wrote on our Facebook page uh, during our Facebook roundup. I posted a link on your wall. It's the XCOM Enemy Unknown board game being released now from Fantasy Flight. 
So it's a great mashup because we don't usually get to talk about board game versions of video games. But Levi has to say, let's hear an arrogant take on the XCOM board game. What do you think are the must-includes for success? Now, Jesse, before you give me the must-includes for success, I'm going to need you to give me a rundown of XCOM, why you love XCOM, and why you didn't really like XCOM Enemy Unknown. Well, um, XCOM was a 90s video game that... uh, I, I never played it, obviously, like... It came out in like 1990. I, I want to say 90. We can fact check that, but mm-hmm. I, I wasn't playing it when I was four years old. Right. So it was already kind of a retro game by the time I was a teenager and got to enjoy it. Levi introduced it to me because he had this, uh, he had like a CD that I think he got in like a cereal box. Uh-huh. And it had a bunch <laughs> of games on it. Like it had like Duke Nukem back when like Duke Nukem was like a side scroller. Right. And it had it had XCOM like the complete XCOM, uh, well UFO defense, uh, uh-huh. yeah UFO. Defense. But yeah, it, it it was a great game that you would uh build a base and like manage a team and go like defend a- against alien attacks and investigate alien landings all around the Earth and stuff. It was a really complicated, uh game with a bunch of different management um, skills that you kind of had to uh, master before you could really master the game and I had a lot of fun with it in high school. I would play it uh, before band started or something like that. You used to play it on the computer in the band room. Why was there a computer in the band room? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. There was a computer in the band room. You You would play it on there. That was the first time I saw it. Mm-hmm. And so there's a bunch of different elements to XCOM, and I'm in the XCOM UFO defense, and I'm not keen on all of them because I tried to play the game without any rule explanation, and I downloaded off Steam for like five dollars, and uh, and I I had no idea what was going on. But basically, you like build your base, and then you upgrade your troops, and then you send your troops in the battle, and battle is like a turn based. Yeah, system. it's a turn-based strategy thing where it's top-down and there's, like, buildings and you have to, like, go around and try and find the aliens. But it's super suspenseful because you'll, like, peek around a corner and then you'll just hear, <laughs> and you'll see, like, the the plasma rifle blast, like, heading towards your guy and it'll veer off just slightly and hit the wall next to you and you're like, thank God. And they'll be, Pew! and you're like, oh, God, he's on auto-fire. <laughs> like, <laughs> But, um, yeah, so you'd go and you'd do these missions and you would gain resources and you'd gain uh, points based off of how well you did the mission. Like, if you lost six of your guys, it'd be like, you did terrible. And depending on how well you did, you're influencing the other nations on Earth. It was like a political thing, too. Yeah. And uh, they were what financed you. And so, like, the aliens would, like, infiltrate Russia and stuff and be like cut off you get your funding cut off from russia and you have to go and try and like find the base and like eradicate the alien base it's good stuff good stuff and then and then a couple years ago we got to play xcom enemy unknown at pax which is like the new iteration right which i still haven't played but didn't you play that you played the demo i played the demo and i i was impressed by some of the stuff but the actual like boots on the ground combat stuff felt kind of linear from the demo I played and you only got to control like four dudes instead right. of like up to 12. 
Yeah, like in the in the original XCOM game, you could control a lot of dudes, and you could. Yeah. yeah. One of the great things and about gals. the game and gals, and and one of the great things about the game is you could name everybody. So right. like we would name them after us, and then like Levi died on the mission, which yeah. was hilarious. And then I get Levi two going. Yeah, and it'd be funny because I'd be up to like Jordy eight. <laughs> and and you could do that in XCOM Enemy and No, but you could only have a you had a very very limited amount of troops. So, anyway, apparently this game is based off of the newest version of XCOM. Yeah, that's what it looked like from yeah. all the pieces and stuff I saw. And one of the things that's associated with this game, which is a little bit new and possibly a little bit controversial, is that it requires an app in order to play the game. Uh-oh. Yeah. So, it's a co-op game, but it, it requires an app to do all of the uh, alien advancement. Mm-hmm. Which, and it's a free app, uh, I don't know if it's a web app, or if you have to have a smart device in order to play it, um, I, I don't necessarily think this is a bad thing, I think that, you know... I think it's fine. Yeah, people have been integrating media and board games for a long time, they're, they're video board games of the 90s, everybody played Seen It in 2002... <laughs> I mean, this is this isn't a new thing, and I think that they're leveraging technology to streamline certain elements of a board game, which is not bad. But it does require an app to play the game. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Okay, uh, so what are your must-haves? One of the things that I really like is this comes with a lot of miniatures, <laughs> and the minis for the soldiers come with card slots, which I think is awesome. Yeah, I saw you were jazzed up about. I'm that. very jazzed about card slots on minis. Card slots are cool, but they're no clicking bases. Yeah, but I love the idea that you can interchange them so so easily. Yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah. Tide of Iron has that. Oh. I, I guess my must-have would be, like, you got to be able to upgrade. Like, your your guys have to be able to level up and improve. Mm-hmm. And there's got to be a lot of micromanagement. There's got to be a lot of choices. Like, I'm going after this, which is going to shut down this other area of play, but... It's right. worth it to me to pursue, you know, plasma weapons right off the bat. And Fantasy Flight seems like the right board game publisher to do that because Fantasy oh, Flight... they're the only board game publisher I would trust <laughs> with XCOM. I mean, they, they're all about detail and detailed components, detailed rules, detailed experiences that create a, create a real world around their games. I mean, Fantasy Flight is... I don't want to you know, laud them too much, but they are my favorite game company. So <laughs> I guess I can, yeah. <laughs> you know, they do, they, they publish Arkham Horror, which is my favorite game. And they, they, all of their stuff is just super intricate, super detailed. They really put the work in on their games. So the, I, the app thing though. Yeah. I'm just thinking about some of the potential drawbacks on this is like, Oh, um, I can't play this board game now because the power's been out for three days. Right. And my all my smart devices have failed, or I'm saving them for emergency calls. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, or like I can't take this camping unless I'm going to burn through half of my iPhone battery. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are drawbacks to it, and that's why I said like doing a web app is probably a good idea. I mean, this is the type of thing that probably used to be done either with cards, like your Mythos deck in Arkham, or or with like a book, like you would. Read, go to go to scenario fifty-five. Yeah, yeah. Go, go to scenario fifty-five. Uh, I don't know if they're going to have like an analog alternative, but <laughs> that would be funny. I like the idea of utilizing technology to streamline certain processes. 
Right. Um, but at the same time, like you say, it kind of limits where you could play a board game, which is one of the great things about board games is you can take them anywhere and play them. And there, it also limits a little bit of the customizability. Yeah, house rules. Which is, yeah, which is something people may or may not like, depending on who the player is. Overall, Jesse, are you excited about this game? Do you want to try it out? I'll try it out. I'm, I don't think it's going to be very good. Well, one of the things about XCOM 2, and I think the thing that I would really want to see about this is XCOM is a global game, and that's that was one of the revolutionary things about it, especially coming out in the early 90s, is it really did have a global feel. Like, you're going yeah. to Australia, then you're going to Russia, then you're going to Africa. Like, so many different uh, scenarios, so many different environments. I really hope that the game captures that global feel. Um, so... Anyway. Yeah, I do too. And I hope we can get the tank. Uh, can we get the tank? 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 Uh, yeah, we can. Don't you love it? We get we get to put our inside jokes on this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesse, let's move on to some trivia. We're going to be doing Genius One and Trivial Pursuit. So I'm going to roll a six sided dice. See which category we do this week, and it's a six sports and leisure. Jesse, very apropos for football season. Coming up, sports and leisure. Yeah, football is sports and leisure for me. Both. There's no or. (laughs) All right, well, the first one's for you here, Jesse. What's the point value of the letter K in the Scrabble crossword game? In the Scrabble crossword game, I believe the point value for the letter K is four. God damn it. I'm pretty sure you're. Tr- I'm pretty sure you're right. I know that J is four. I'm just gonna say three. Oh, it's five. <laughs> Went the wrong way on that one. Whoopsie daisy! And I also think J is eight. Uh, played a lot of Scrabble as a kid, but not so much recently. Um, this question's for me. Who would be interested in definitives, overprints, and telebetches? Tetab. Tetabetches. I'm going to spell tetabetches for you. Tetabetches. T-E-T-E-B-E-C-H-E-S. It's like the Tet Offensive. <laughs> uh, so who would, who would be interested in definitives, overprints, and tetabetches? I'm going to go with... Um, I'm going to go with baseball card collectors. Mm, I... I know that Egyptian pharaohs are interested in tada bitches. Uh-huh. But I'm going to go with stamp collectors. Oh, you got it, stamp collector. <sighs> Went too specific. All right. This question's for you, <laughs> Jesse. Real, it's, I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. no more specific. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. you just went with wrong. <laughs> Oh, Jesse's questions for you. Uh, what Swiss town has hosted two Winter Olympics? Oh, Jesus. Towns in Switzerland. Swiss, right? Mm-hmm. Switzerland. Towns in Switzerland. Um, hmm... Can I phone Dennis Kleinbeck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't. Uh, 
Geneva? Oh, God. I was going to say Geneva. Um, oh, fuck. The only town I've been to in Switzerland is Lucerne, and it's definitely not Lucerne. Uh, shit. I was going to say Geneva. Um, I'm just going to spare the listener here. <laughs> it is St. Moritz. St. Moritz. Mm, so, I thought that was a person. I'm sure it was. Did he get gold at the Olympics? <laughs> he found gold in California. <laughs> He's an old prospector. <laughs> All right, Jesse, this question's for you. I need the steal to win. Or oh, this question's for me. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, what baseball position are you playing if you're in the corn? Oh, fuck. I'm going to say outfield. I'm going to say center field. Uh, is this the outfield? Okay. That's why they call it a can of corn. Routine pop-up. Jesse, that means it's time for a <laughs> geography tiebreaker question. Whoever's geographically closest to the answer wins the round. Uh, you get to answer first. Jesse, what's the capital of Ireland? Are you serious? <laughs> I mean, it's Dublin, right? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Easiest geography tiebreaker ever. <laughs> uh, let me guess here. Lucerne? All right. Well, Jesse, you win that one. You win trivia this week. And we have one more topic before we get to the Facebook roundup. This has to do with science. If today we're able to create a two-headed dog with six legs, is it possible that a similar creature existed thousands of years ago? And I say yes. All right, this one comes to us from NPR News, npr.org. The question, burn, boil, or explode? How you die in space. Mm, Interesting. Yeah, so this goes along with Guardians of the Galaxy, because there's a scene in Guardians of the Galaxy in which Gamera is rescued by Star-Lord, and they're both out in space in just their normal skin. They say they have a few minutes to live but they will eventually die and i was like i thought you died instantly but apparently they have they wear some kind of like space skin in guardians of the galaxy so that they could withstand the atmosphere it's like i'm guessing it's some kind of like dupont product that you just spray i don't think body. it's atmosphere that they're withstanding the space atmosphere okay galactosphere um that's a great word actually <laughs> thank you uh so so the, the the writer of this article also wondered that, and it spurred this article on NPR.com. Uh, so they says, I, f- I, my- I found myself asking the same question the other night while watching Marvel Studios' Guardians of the Galaxy. I won't issue any spoilers that uh, intimate how this question comes up. It just does, okay? Okay, so I talked about the spoilers. In its wake, my friends and I were left running through the venar- the very <laughs> the venarious scenarios... <laughs> Uh, for what I think we, he was a great Roman emperor. Yeah, Venarius scenarios. I thought it was a, a terrible STD. Um, for what? <laughs> well, would kill the STD was named after him, right? For what would kill you if you were unprotected in space? Um, so the interesting thing here, Jesse. So what do you think happens? Because I'll tell you what well, I thought happened before before this thing came out. My traditional wisdom was boil. So you think it's boil, huh? I'm a boiler. See, I was a freezer. I'm freezer. A, I was. I was under the impression that you immediately froze to death because it's so cold 
that your body would just immediately plunge into a super freeze. Well, the only thing that keeps your gases from not flying everywhere is pressure. So that was the that's the other idea is that you explode because there's no atmosphere. But like boiling is like because you know like mm-hmm. things boil faster in Colorado because right. there's less atmosphere. Well, yeah, and boiling is basically becoming gas. That's the process of boiling. Yeah. Yeah. Is a liquid becoming gas. And so that's where I was from is like, well, you have to become a liquid first mm-hmm. uh, before you can become gas. So I, I, I always thought you either explode or you just instantly freeze, which is, I think instantly freeze is usually what's depicted. Like in Gravity, the guy instantly froze. There was a terrible movie about a mission to Mars where the guy took off his space helmet and he instantly froze. I think that's probably where it came from for me. It's instant freezing. But according to scientists, that's not really what happens. It's, it, what do scientists know? There's not, apparently, it's not an instant thing. It says, uh, the short answer is the lack of oxygen would make you black out after about 15 seconds. Then by about 90 seconds, you're too far gone to be saved. So you would die from lack of oxygen well before the radiation and cold will have killed you. Wait, you... <sighs> So you don't. It's not like an instant you die from thing. O- you black out after 15 seconds? You die from oxygen deprivation. Why can't you just hold your breath? Well, I don't know. I mean, your body respirates. So I, I, that might have something to do with it. Yeah, but you can, like, go fucking swimming. Yeah. And you don't die after 15 seconds. Yes, but water is made of oxygen. <laughs> You're going to an area that has... Literally no gas whatsoever associated with it. I don't know. Mm. So the idea here is is that you black out after that that you don't instantly freeze, you don't instantly boil, you don't in- instantly explode. You just die of of suffocation, basically. But right. The, the The most interesting thing about this is that after ninety seconds, you're too far gone to be saved. What is the temperature of space, though? Uh, that would be a great question. Let me Google. Because I mean, it's got to be colder than jumping into the Bering Sea. You know, <laughs> it's like yes. If you jump into the Bering Sea, you're done in a minute and a half. No, no, you don't die of hypothermia in that time. I think you do. No, you have like five minutes. You have like five minutes. I don't think that's true. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's five minutes. I don't think you die in a minute and a half. Okay, um, I'm gonna Google this. <laughs> Are we just Googling right now? Yeah, we're just... It's a Google. It's minus 455 degrees Fahrenheit in space. Okay. That's pretty cold. So I think you would go hypothermic. Well, that's... Apparently, your body can withstand that for 90 seconds. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know. That's the crazy thing about this to me is that apparently you could survive for 90 seconds. Like, your body could survive. And obviously, well, you know, there's really only one way to find out. I guess we're gonna ha- <laughs> some chimps are gonna have to bite the bullet on this one. I bet they already have. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> scientists speculate, and yeah. other scientists know for sure. The- <laughs> yeah, NASA pulled the sheet over that one, literally. <laughs> Operation Fo- Frozen Ape. Bathe my ape in your Milky Way. (laughs) Kanye knows what's up. Kanye knows what's up. He's part of the Illuminati. He knew. 
Oh, everybody knows NASA is run by the Illuminati. Oh, it makes sense now. Uh huh. And they're they're trying to turn him into a Canada goose to uh, discredit him. <laughs> they shot him in the neck with a vial, a, a poison tip dart full of pure Canada goose. There you go. Huh? <laughs> Good one. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, oh man! And also, Canadian gooses are assholes. And they're <laughs> yeah, little, they are. They're, they're little a little jerks. too big for their britches, too. Really, they come and they poop up our lakes and fly away. They poop on everything, and they're like, <laughs> you know what? This poop, it's not gonna like stick to your shoe like dog poop. It's just gonna no. make your picnic suck. It's gonna make. Your fingers suck, and if you try to go swimming, you're gonna get mites. You're gonna get mites. Thanks, Canada. Thanks. You know, Canada complains a lot about acid rain. Yeah, but we get Canada goose. Yeah, it's, a, it's just a different form of acid rain. <laughs> it really is. It's fr- it's at ass in rain from the <laughs> from the goose's ass onto our faces, onto our picnics while we're having a picnic. Come on, <laughs> goose. <laughs> ah! <laughs> so anyway next time you're watching a sci-fi movie guys and the person goes out into space and instantly dies you could say fuck that shit npr said no 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 well cowboy bebop was on this yeah in cowboy bebop he like jumps from one ship to the other with no space suit and mm-hmm. it, it takes like less than 20 seconds or something but it's like that's about how much time I have before I die. Yeah, also... It's, it's not instantaneous, but it's like, I can get from here to there. It's gonna yeah. suck. Yep. And it might kill me if I screw this jump up, but yep. it's possible. Also, 2001 A Space Odyssey happened. When yeah, I still escape... haven't made it through that one. Oh. <laughs> you can see escape pod up to the thing and it is able to survive in, in the vacuum uh, long enough to close the seal. Well, also in um, Total Recall. That's true. His the- eyeballs bug out for a minute, apparently, but then <laughs> but then he's saved. Apparently your eyeballs bug out, but don't stretch out. <laughs> that was a thing for a minute, was yeah. the eyeballs bugging out. There is in Total Recall and also in um, Road Warrior. Oh, yeah? There's an eyeball bug out scene in road warrior that completely takes you out of the entire movie (laughs) have you seen road warrior i have not so like the main villain spoiler alert the main villain gets like stuck on the front of uh mel gibson's semi right yep and another car is gonna like slam right into it and it's like this climat the the climax of the movie and you're like finally Mel's got him. He's on the front of the semi. It's about to collide with this other big truck thing, and the guy's going to be dead. Cut to eyes bugging out. See? It's like, what is this? Looney Tunes? Whose eyes? The villain. Like, <laughs> his eyes bug out of his head? Yeah, he's like on the front of the semi, and he knows he's done for it. His eyes bug out of his head. <laughs> It's really cartoonish. Oh, man. They just, they just had a leftover prop from Total Recall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It might have been the same scene. Yeah. 
<laughs> just zoomed in. Awesome. So, yeah, anyway, I'm just saying, next time somebody tells you to die instantly in space, you can say, fuck that shit. Mm-hmm. 2001 And then space they Odyssey, can be like, right. prove it. Prove it. And then you say space chimps. All right, man, let's get on some Facebook Roundup. What do you say? Facebook Roundup was fervent this week. And, uh, yeah, it blew up. We're always happy about that. So let's start it off. Sonia says... Uh, when will you? When will we see your board game, Eric? And how is reading a Song of Ice and Fire going, Jesse? Wow, putting us on blast. I guess so. Did, did you read? You read a Song of Ice and Fire, right? I read uh, two and a half books. Okay, but I got over it. <laughs> and I, yeah, I, I, I'm totally engrossed in my pub crawl right now. After the pub crawl's over, I'll, uh, I'll see if I want to return to the. I'll probably return to the board game for the winter. That's my hibernation I, activity. I just bought three books nice. from uh, Brewer's Publication. Mm-hmm. I bought Hops, Yeast, and American Sours, so I'm going to be wrapped up in that for a while. That's the fourth book in the Song of Ice and Fire, right? <laughs> American Sours. Yeah, American Sours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's a great song from the 70s. <laughs> uh, James Patterson says FMK polar bear sperm whale elephant seal I believe FMK means farm milk and what does the K stand for? Need Need yeah like bread yeah so what are we farming what are we milking and well obviously you gotta milk the sperm whale I'm just saying because he's got the white fluid in his head which is very valuable to whalers Hence how he got his name, Jesse. Get your mind out of the gutter. Uh, <laughs> well, you want to milk the elephant seal? I don't, I don't want to milk any of them. <laughs> I think polar bear milk might be delicious. Oh. I mean, they're all mammals. They can all technically be milked. I'm going to... I'm going to kill the polar bear. Why? Because that's like a... It's a mercy killing at this point. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm going to... Um, F the elephant seal, because farm it's it. probably not going to put up that much of a fight. Oh, I thought I thought F meant farm. Well, you know, the alternate rules. Okay. And then I'm going to marry the sperm whale, obviously, because it, it'll be a great <laughs> defender of my home. Defender of the deep. I love it. Uh, James also says, Jesse, what are some fun things you do with Russell Nisha? What's some activities <laughs> for, a cho- for a nerd dad to do with their with their toddler? Uh, we go for walks a lot. Mm-hmm. There's good forested trails around here, and mm-hmm. we go to the park, mm-hmm. and uh, we play with the ball. Balls, man. So, yeah. She's going to be a soccer player. She's, she's well, no, she likes catch a lot, and she'll, Ooh. she'll I'll say catch, and she'll put her arms out, well, and I'll throw the ball at her, and it hits her in the face every time. Uh-huh. But she does. She just laughs it off. She's not afraid of getting hit in the face with the ball. So I think she might be into like basketball or something. I'm thinking softball leads the league in hit by pitch on base percentage. <laughs> That'll be her thing. That'll be the thing. Uh, Titus, She'll get up to the bat, uh, get up to the plate, and the the crowd will go lean in, lean in. <laughs> that, by the way, that was my strategy when I played little league was to get hit by the ball. Because uh-huh. if you're if you're in little league and you just don't move, you're gonna get hit like every at bat because the pitchers <laughs> what, are so bad. What are the rules though? Like you can't what? Lean, you can't lean into the pitch. You can't lean okay. to get hit, but you can not move to get hit. What would be the rule? Like what would the re- what would the umpire say if you leaned in? Uh, I don't know. Foul ball. I'm not sure. 
You're just not allowed to do it. Also, if you swing, if you're swinging and you get hit by the pitch, then it doesn't matter. What if you just dove like a Secret <laughs> Service agent? I like it. Uh, Titus says, love the Tarantino movie rankings last week. Glad someone else out there shares my opinion that Inglorious Bastards is his best. I do share that opinion, Titus. Uh, good on ya. Eric says, hey guys, you talked about Old Bay and Dead Rise the Old Bay Spiced Beer, in previous casts, uh, as you haven't tasted this spice that goes on everything except itself or this amazing beer, uh, I will instead ask you what you think about spice beers in general and if you have any recommendations. Also, if you want to improve your lives and and the taste of anything, shoot me an address and I will mail you a box of this powdered miracle, the Mid-Atlantic Rolls Hard with its Old Bay. Eric. Okay, we can get it here. We can? Yeah. Okay. It's in like every it's in like the major grocery stores. Oh. So he doesn't have to send us. It's just it. not prevalent. It's not like right. red, it's not like red robin seasoning. No, but <laughs> but you can get it like you can get Vegemite at Fred Meyer, you know? Right. Like you can get Old Bay. So what are some of your favorite spice beers cuz I'm not a big fan of like pumpkin spice beers. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, like, yeah. the pumpkin and stuff, like, the pumpkin spice beers are all really good, but I don't, I don't have a great answer for that off the cuff. Also, there's been this trend of, like, pepper beers, of, like, hot pepper beers, jalapeno beers, that sort of thing. <laughs> I hate hot beers. I yeah. hate spicy beers. Dumb. It's like, let's just cover up any flavor possible with just straight up hot spiciness. I also am the type of person who goes to the, uh, the Thai restaurant place and they're uh -huh. like on a scale of one to five how many stars of spiciness do you want and i ask for a half <laughs> I, like, I literally do ask for one half please i like a little spice i like like a yeah. three i i have the stomach of an irishman <laughs> great uh sonia comes back says eric hole speaks the truth all right we gotta try this old bay i don't know i'll, I'll see if i, I can track it down Michael, I'll, I'll pick up a ten. Michael says, "Have you heard? Have you guys heard of, Tar of the Tarantino sci-fi movie, or at least the one he wants to make? Apparently, uh, Quentin Tarantino wants to make a sci-fi movie. I think he wants to make a lot of movies. Um, but he says, if you if you had asked me a few years ago, I would have said, nah, not really. I don't know. But I have a little idea right now. It's a little flower, you know. It's like a bean sprout, but those tend to grow into stalks." So this is the first time I'll be able to say maybe I won't. It won't be a spaceship sci-fi. It will be Earthbound, which makes me think: Is this going to be like Planet Terror, which he was in, directed by Robert Rodriguez? But I'm not that excited about. It. I think he's going the Western direction, and I like that. Jesse, I'm sure you agree. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. Uh, Kevin says book recommendation: The King Killer Chronicles. Love the first two books, Jesse. This might be a good way to pick up. Where uh, the song of Ice and Fire left you flat. Uh, Zach says, Jesse, done any homebrewing lately? Jesse, do you homebrew? From time to time, I've been known to uh, produce some work. <laughs> uh, no, I haven't since I did my CDA. But like I said, I got uh, the American Sour book. So maybe I'll pick up a little inspiration from that that maybe I can scale up to something different in the awesome. future. And if you ever want to tune in your Elder God, just let me know. I will taste test the shit out of it. Yeah, we'll um, do. 
What else we got here on the old Facebook roundup? Josh Perigo says, I'm on vacation. Just made myself a rum and orange crush. Not bad. Not great. Uh, back to beer, I guess. What is your all-time favorite vacation drink concoction? You know what? I'm on vacation. I'm, if I'm in my favorite place, it's Hawaii. And if I'm in Hawaii, I'm drinking Mai Tais. That's just the way it is. If I'm in Hawaii, I'm drinking the shit out of some uh, Kona and Maui Brewing Company beers. Maui Brewing Company beer is good as long as you get it on tap. I don't like the beers that they can, but their selection at their brewery is amazing. Um, right. So I wouldn't know. I haven't been there. Uh, but what I like for a little cocktail is a little lemonade, a little iced tea, and a little whiskey. Yeah, that's actually like a it's like a cold toddy, basically. It's an Arnie Palm. It's Artie Palm with whiskey. I mean, that's what yeah. that's what Lydia makes in the wintertime here in Seattle when it's when it's rainy and it's gray and it's not quite too cold enough to snow, but it's cold enough to get you wet and get you cold. Uh, that is when we bring out the hot toddies, which is just hot tea, lemon, a little bit of uh, maybe some agave syrup, and then whiskey, bourbon, delicious. But basically, what you're describing is kind of a a cold toddy, mm-hmm. which I like. Um, what else we got here? Uh, uh, D says, can you spell your wife's Etsy shop name, Jesse? I can't find it. R-O-S-E-A-V-E-N-A. Pottery.etsy.com. There you go. Malcolm says, I think Jesse should say someone's name at the end of the cast every time as you all sign off. That was hilarious last week with James Patterson. Nice shout out. Uh, also, it's been a while, but I still love me some after credits action. We'll see what we can do, Malcolm. He says, oh, also, uh, Evolve the Game got delayed. Evolve the Game got delayed until February. The last monster they released was inspired by H.P. Lovecraft, Cthulhu. Check out the game. It's going to be awesome. I, I have not. Oh, Evolve. I think that's the game where one guy plays as a monster and the rest of the guys play as the people who are trying to kill the monster. Bam. Which sounds very intriguing. Um, Joe says, if you could visit one place in the universe, where would you go? Travel is immediate and you can't be hurt. I think I would want to visit the Pulsar in the middle of the Crab Nebula. That sounds good to me, Joe. This is a great question. Yeah. I mean, I can travel anywhere in the universe. Won't be hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, does it have to be now? Is time relevant? I don't know. Because that matters not. a lot. I suppose not. I mean, you're traveling through space-time. Go for it. I mean, the question is, maybe I want to go see one of the coolest natural phenomena, a la the uh, pulsar in the middle of the Crab Nebula, or maybe I want to go scratch my history itch and go see a super important historical event. Yeah, but we already covered that. I think we're, we're talking more, let's go out. Let's explore this, this world where we have 15 seconds to survive. <laughs> By world yeah, jeez, I don't know. But if I had to choose between those two dichotomies, me, the history major, I think I would just go somewhere on Earth sometime cool. Yeah, I mean, I would like to go to, like, the Ice Age and see a mammoth. That blew my <laughs> mind. But I'd also like to go to Titan in the, um, the, the moon of Saturn. Uh, it's basically very Earth-like, except instead of... Um, uh, instead of water, it's, like, based in, I think methane <laughs> it's like the gas mm. uh so there's like liquid methane there um might be kind of a cool place i think it'd be pretty cold 
So, I mean... Right, but you can't get hurt, so you're fine. So that means you can't feel heat or cold, huh? Not not painfully, so... I'm just going to Alpha Centauri, and I'm going to check out some planets. See if there's any Yeah, it'd be really fucking cool to go to another Earth-like planet and check it out. (laughs) Yeah, it'd be pretty bad. Maybe I would choose that. Maybe I would choose that. Yeah. Man, somewhere else where there was, like, vegetation life or aliens? I know. If if I could just be like take me to where the aliens are and go see that I would the most Earth like planet. Uh, Christian <laughs> says, uh, "What are your thoughts on SDCC sending a cease and desist to Salt Lake Comic Con for their use of the Comic Con name? They claim to have a trademark on the title, even though the U.S. Patent Office has already ruled the term cannot be trademark." SLCC. It's quickly become a dear treasure to Salt Lake nerd community. It's the third largest Comic Con after uh, only one year. Hopefully this won't affect uh, other big cons such as New York and Emerald City, which are also unaffiliated with SDCC. Yeah, that sounds ridiculous. I don't know what that's about. Yeah, hopefully they'll be able to just be like... You have no case. Well, it's a sh- th- that's the shitty thing, though, is you got to take it to court. I mean, that's what patent trolls do. They're yeah. like, it'll take you too long to fight this legally, so you might as well just pay us the fine. But Comic-Con isn't a patent troll. Well, the thing about it, and I, and I wonder if this is why, they have, they're, apparently they're using the Comic-Con, which is SDCC, whereas every other Comic-Con just has Comic-Space-Con. Yeah, that's so, fine then, get rid of the dash. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like... Or, or maybe change it, like, instead of Seattle Comic Con, it's Emerald City Comic Con, ECCC, maybe Salt Lake Comic Con could change it to, like, Mormon Comic Con. <laughs> Joseph Smith Comic Con, JSCC. Uh-huh. I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just ragging you guys, because you're in Utah. Or, like, some dude Comic Con. <laughs> SDCC, that's a good yeah, one. Yeah, perfect. That's a great one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Finally, we have Angela. She says, I still don't have anything to say, but I feel pressure to say something uh, after last week. <laughs> Thanks for the Texas Rangers shout-out, Jesse. And, and that's the Facebook roundup. We're going to get to Recos, but before we do, we got to tell you about BaldMove.com, guys. So much stuff going on. BaldMove.com. Uh, of course, there is uh, the Bald Move TV podcast where they just cover general stuff. You're talking about the Nick, the Strain, Sharknator 2, Falling Skies, Hot Wives of Orlando County, and the Bridge. Doesn't get more uh, doesn't get more diverse than that. We also have the True Blood. We have the Leftovers. We have Orange is the New Cast. We got the Because Show. We got Orange is the New Black. I already said that. And we have Up Here's Downstairs. There's a Bald Movies podcast about waking life, which was commissioned. So check it out, baldmove.com. That's where we reside. Also, if you want to get in touch with us, leave us a voicemail at 360-362-0024. Send us a voice, uh, send us a voicemail or an email at personalarrogates at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at personalpodcast. Thank you, Nod Hero, for tweeting at us this week. Uh, we know that you still listen and we love you for doing it. Um, also, we are on Facebook. Check us out at the Personal Arrogance Facebook page or the Bald Move Facebook page. And uh, if you can't do any of that, please leave us a review. We are so close to 100 reviews on iTunes, guys. Let's push us past that limit, guys. Let's let's rush iTunes with reviews for Personal Arrogance. We would love it so much if you did that. It takes three minutes and it helps us out a ton and expands this Personal Arrogance nation a little bit bigger. So that's how you get in touch with us, Jesse. What's your first reco this week? 
Oh shoot. Yeah. Uh, um yeah, geez, I don't know. Work hard. Chicken be a hard chicken, worker. The chicken and cheese sandwich from Eat a chicken cheese sandwich. <laughs> Excuse me, do it big. Um, you know, I don't got a lot either. PAX is coming up. Hopefully we'll see you there. Yeah, uh, let us know if you're coming. That's my recommendation. So shoot us an email if you're going to be at Penny Arcade Expo Prime. Yes, please. We'd love to meet you guys. We would love to meet you. And until next time, guys, remember that wherever you go. Whatever you do. Please. Stay. Stay off my back, Malcolm. Arrogant. <laughs> Thank you.